Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Let's go to Ephesians 4. And uh, we want to deal with this subject over the next little bit on peace and joy. Peace and joy. You know, I, I, I keep seeing something in just in the world, and I keep seeing this. There's so much anger today. There's so much anger. People are angry. And... Uh, you see it in Christians. Is is I don't want to say that's what bothers me, but it's what bothers me. Is you see it in Christians, and uh, they're angry at the government, angry about the economy, uh, angry about the border, angry about social issues. Amen. Angry about. You know, sexual issues, transsexualism, homosexualism, uh, uh, whatever you want to say, they're, they're, they're angry. And um, you hear believers talking just as ugly and mean as natural, unsaved people, unspiritual people. Amen. You'll, you'll hear believers say, I'm just mad, just mad. Well, I, I, I can understand that. And there are things that we all scratch our head about. But let's go to the Scripture. What does the Scripture say? Scripture tells you and I how to react. It tells us what we're supposed to do. Amen. Now, I know there's a group that, you know, they're just burying their head in the sand. Well, that's not what we're doing. But we want to react according to the Scripture. If you want scriptural results, you have to react according to Scripture. Is that right? Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, let, let me say this before we go to Ephesians. You know, what, I mean, what do we expect from the world? Amen. The, the world's going to be the world. You got people in the church angry at the world. Anger at the world does no good. You can't be angry at somebody because they're not living right. They're sinners. What do you expect? Let me go over here where the spiritual people are. I'm joking. I'm joking. What, what do you expect? Right? And, but yet people get angry at the world. Think about this for a moment. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says that the, the people that do not believe that the God of this world has blinded their minds, darkened their perception. Isn't that right? Lest the light of the gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. 
So you, in the natural, you would not get mad at a naturally blind person who was struggling to find their way. You'd try to help them, not get mad at them. Amen. Well, I'll tell you what, I don't know what's wrong with this world. Well, I do, and if you read your Bible, you will. The, the church will talk about how we're in the end times. we got to decide where we're at. And they'll talk about we're in the end times, but then somebody will come along and say, you know, but I see this, and, and I see the light coming in. Well, what is it? If we're in the end times, then the Bible tells us what the end times will hold. Isn't that right? Deception. A turning away from the truth by the world. Amen. Is that right? A heavier presence of the enemy because he knows his time is short. Right? And, but yet, what does it say that we're supposed to do? Here's what Paul told Timothy. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they'll not endure sound teaching. But he said, you keep preaching the word. Is that right? So you see people angry, mad at the world. Well, let's look at Ephesians 4 and 26 and 27. Well, we'll go to 27, but let's go. Not, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Is that what it says? So we're told to be angry and not sin, but then we're told not to we're told to let it go and not to let anger stay. Now, why is that important? Because I know people have been mad for two years. Or longer. Amen. Are you following me? The Knox translation says, the the sunset must not find you still angry. You know what happens if you go to bed angry? You get up angry. Why you didn't deal with it? Sleep doesn't remove your anger. Well, I'll feel better after I sleep. Not if you don't forgive. Not if you don't quit being angry. Oh, hallelujah. Are you, are you following me? The Phillips translation says, never go to bed angry. Now, that seems elementary. But so what does that mean? You might be angry for a couple hours, but you better you need to deal with it. Why? Because I'm told not to do it. I'm told not to do it. The New English Bible says, don't let sunset find you still nursing it. When you stay angry, the flesh keeps finding reasons for you to be angry. And there's a reason that you shouldn't be angry, and there's a reason the devil wants you angry. You you can't get away from the scripture in Proverbs that says, make no friendship with an angry man. 
Well, it went really quiet. Did you hear that? And then it says why? It says because you'll learn his ways. Well, what are his ways? Anger. Why is anger so detrimental? Because it makes you defenseless. And what the scripture says? It says a man that has no control over his own spirit is like a city without walls. Has no defense. Oh, hallelujah. Have you you ever known somebody that would just lose it and just go off? And what were they? They weren't thinking right. They'd make bad mistakes, say things that they say they didn't mean, but if you said it, you meant it. And the anger just brought it out. Isn't that right? The Bible says one of the works of the flesh is that anger that's uncontrollable. People say, well, well, the Bible wants you to be angry at sin. But there's a difference between a godly anger and a fleshly anger that you just nurse and hold on to. Amen. And there's a, there's a reason that you're angry at evil. Because you see what it's doing to people. God's angry at sin because of what it does to people. God's not angry at people. I used to know a minister, he would always quote the Old Testament verse that says God is angry every day at the sinner. And I said, well, brother, you need to read on. Because he said in the book of Isaiah, uh, talking about the coming of Christ and, and a messianic prophecy, he said, when all of this comes and this sacrifice happens, he said, I'll not be angry no more or wroth with you. If you, fi- if you think God's angry at you, you've not yet received the full revelation of who you are in Christ. God's not angry at us because all of his anger was poured out on Christ. And the only reason, the only way I can overcome anger is because I've been redeemed from it. Amen. Glory. Notice, it doesn't say it's okay to stay angry. You might get angry, but you're expected to deal with it quickly before sunset. Now why? Staying angry opens the door to the enemy. Notice what it says. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Don't give place to the devil. That word place is the word opportunity. So what does that mean? When you stay angry, you give the devil an opportunity. One translation says you must not give the devil a chance. Another says, don't give the devil that sort of foothold. Another says, leave no loophole for the devil. Folks, this is how people end up getting sick. Is they open the door for the devil. Amen. Amen. This is how people get emotionally oppressed. This is why there are certain people nobody wants to be around. Amen. You don't want to be that person. You know, isn't that what the scripture says? It says that our words should be words of kindness. Right? What what Proverbs say? It said that, that sweet words are like apples of silver. Amen. The Proverbs says that the that that the that the sweetness of the lips increases learning. 
Hallelujah. Are you with me? Tell your neighbor, say, don't be angry. It opens the door to the devil. Amen. We're, we're going we're gonna to talk in depth about this. Angry. Well, you know, I just want my nation back. Well, getting angry is not going to do it. Not going to do it. Amen. Raising a fist in protest is not going to do it. You know, it's, it's interesting to me how the church is very quick to talk about other groups and how their anger and their venom and their vitriol is not going to work in, in anything in them and not going to uh, uh, change anything. And then the church goes right down the same road. We talk about cancel culture in the world. The church will cancel you in a minute. Hallelujah. There are some denominations, if you get a divorce, you're canceled. Well, how's that work? I'm not advocating for divorce. I'm just saying, how's that work? Well, you know, no, I don't know. Explain it. There, there are people that act like divorce is the, is the, is the unforgivable sin. Well, divorce is a sin. Well, did the blood cover it? Did the blood forgive it? Of course it did. Oh, I'm kicking over a sacred cow. Did you hear him? Do you, you need to understand that. Of course there are people that get divorced for wrong reasons. There are people that get divorced for sinful reasons. Amen. But I've known people that got, got divorces after years of putting up with junk and putting up with things in their marriage and putting up with, right? And the minute they got divorced, cancel them. Can't preach no more in our denomination. You can kill your wife and still preach, but you can't get a divorce. No, no, no. That's not right. What, what I'm trying to explain to you is if, if we say what the Bible says, then we got to live by what the Bible says. Is that right? I say, is that right? That's how people, the enemy gets a foothold in their life. One of the reasons, one of the ways is they get angry. Well, I don't like what's going on in the world. Well, there are things I don't like either. But the Bible says, don't be angry. Hallelujah. How can you help somebody you're angry at? How can you pray for somebody you're angry at? Amen. Anger leads to criticism. And you can't pray for anybody correctly being critical of them. Hmm. Look at Matthew 5. This is important. Matthew 5 and 44. 44 and 45. Uh, this is Jesus. I say unto you, Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. 
Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. Why, Jesus? That you may be the children of your Father, which is in heaven. For he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. If you love them that love you, what reward do you have? Don't even the publicans do the same? If you salute your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the publicans the same? Be therefore mature or perfect as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Mm -hmm. Oh, glory. Now that's a familiar verse, but what's it say? Love your enemies. Is that what it said? Love your enemies. Well, that doesn't mean that they're your enemy from your, your standpoint. There are people that are your enemies because they consider your, themselves your enemies. There are people in the world right now that are enemies of the church because they choose to be enemies of the church. But the church is the enemy of nobody but wrong and the devil. We're the enemy of no person. Let me come over here. We're the enemy of nobody. Because everybody can change. Is that right? Amen. Are, are you following me? See, this is what the scripture. And notice, he didn't say, tell your enemy they're right. Or that what they're doing is okay. But he said, Bless them, love them, bless them that curse you. Oh, hallelujah. I saw a, a Christian man the other day. He, he's fairly well known. He was accused of having an affair. Well, I mean, I don't believe he did, and, and, and there's no evidence of it. But you know what his response was? Anybody that says I have an affair, you have 24 hours to retract it, or you're going to be hearing from my lawyer. Okay. Well, why is that wrong? Why, why are you responding that way? If it's not true, it's not true. You can't defend yourself against a lie. It's a lie. Amen. I had a guy take out quarter-page newspaper ads about me regularly. Called me a false prophet. Yeah. Oh, over, over, the, over the picture that he had, and, and you know the, the picture he had? It was, a, it was a wonderful rendering of a wolf in sheep's clothing with an offering bucket and a knife slaughtering the sheep. And he named names, named my church, named me, called it a false prophet's outreach. I had a lady, one of my staff came in with the paper, and she was, boy, she was fit to be tied. And she threw that down on my desk and said, what are you going to do about that? I said, nothing. What do you want me to do? It's a lie. You can't defend yourself against a lie. I said, you come to this church. Am I a false prophet? Well, no. Am I taking money from you? No. Well, what do you do? You love your enemies. Amen. 
Amen. I said, you love your enemies. Is that right? You know, that, that, that man and his wife, they insisted on, they insisted on their, their anger. He had t-shirts printed up about me. Yeah. Had t-shirts printed up. Making fun of me and my wife. Tag team preaching. Prosperity gospel. Wore them everywhere. But you know what? It was working for my good because people would see the shirt about the church and come to see if it was true. And the Lord would touch them. They'd get delivered. They'd get set free. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I forgave them and walked in love with them. And, and a dear sister that was in the church had passed away. And she, she had, had been in our church, and she was at another church, and her family asked me to be a part of the, of the funeral. And so I was there with another minister doing the funeral. And this couple that had done all that, newspaper ads and whatnot, they were sitting on the second row by another couple that I knew. And, well, you know, I went over to the first couple and shook hands with them. How y'all doing? Good to see you. And I went to shake hands with the second couple, and they almost cussed me out. Now, here's the thing. I had so forgiven that, that it shocked me that they were mad at me. Why did they do that? I asked my wife, I said, why'd they act that way? She said, well, Philip, what would you expect? I'd worked it for me. Are, are you following me? I'd worked it for me, from my end. I'm going to love my enemies. Bless them that curse you. Oh, glory. So what do we do to people who are treating us wrong? <laughs> Love them. Bless them. Do good to them. Pray for them. Right? Oh, hallelujah. Now, here you go. What do we do to people that are making policies that aren't right? <clears throat> Love them. Bless them. Do good to them. Pray for them. Would that be right? Amen. Amen. I hear people say the church needs to get mad. No, the church needs to do what the Word says so the door stays closed to the devil. And the peace of God can flow in our hearts. Amen. Right now, this is a good place to do it. Just put one hand on your heart. Raise the other hand to the Lord. Say, Lord, forgive me for letting my peace be robbed. Forgive me for letting my peace be taken. I let the peace of God rule in my life. In the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, I got to be careful with this because, you know, uh, people accuse you. If, if you teach along these lines, people accuse I, I had a, a guy, I read something that a guy said about how pastors, you know, bowing down to the world and all these things. Listen, this is harder than protesting. Amen. Well, when, when Dr. King was fighting for the rights of people in America, what was the hardest thing for him to do? 
not be violent. Is that right? Do you think the folk marching with Dr. King wanted to be violent? You've, you've seen all, you've seen all the, the, the reports. Fire hoses turned on folks. Police dogs released on them. And Dr. King saying, don't be violent. Because he said, violence won't win the war. Love is what's going to win the war. Is that right? Did he get his job done? I think he got his job done. Amen. Are, are you following me? You're, you're, ne- you're never, never going to win getting angry. I didn't say agreeing, but being angry. Oh, hallelujah. Mm. Look at 1 Timothy 2. I'm just hopefully giving you something to work on. Hallelujah. 1 Timothy 2, verse 1. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving and thanks be made for all men, for kings, and all that are in authority. Kings and all that are in authority. Is that what it says? All that are in a prominent place. Why? That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. One translation says, the Beck translation says, I urge you as most important of all that you what? Supplications, prayers, intercession, giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, for all that are in authority. Is that right? Notice what it doesn't say. Get angry at them. Oh, hallelujah. Is that right? Get angry at them. Now, see, I'm, I'm just the news reporter. I report, you decide. But this is what Scripture says. Do you know this is the, one of the, this is, there, there's about, about two references to political leaders in the entirety of the, uh, one in the Pauline epistles, one in, in uh, 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 Romans, and one here in 1 Timothy. That's all the Bible says about it. And in both instances, it tells you to pray for them. And it says when you resist their authority, you're resisting God. Well, that doesn't mean that you don't stand for what's right. It means when you start running them down, you're running down the authority that's ordained by God. The man can be wrong, but when you run down the office, you're running down the authority that God has ordained. See, that's, that's the problem. 
is God ordained the office. And when you start being ugly about the man or the woman, and you start getting angry, and you start talking ugly about it, you're talking ugly about an office that God ordained. The powers that be, they be of God. Is that right? Well, I disagree with them. Well, you can disagree without being angry. You can disagree without being mean. I'm I'm telling you what's going to keep the blessings flowing in your life. Oh, hallelujah. Do, Do you see that? So he says the most important thing that we can do for our leaders is pray for them. Not get angry. Not call them names. Pray and intercede. Amen. Glory. You know, it's easy to pray for your favorite leader. I mean, it's easy for y'all to pray for me. I just, hallelujah. That was a shameless plug. Right? It's easy for me to pray for you. Right? I, had, I knew a man named James Allen one time. He was very, him and his wife were very instrumental in Pastor Michelle uh, getting to church. They were the couple that she talked about how they would come and pick her up because uh, she was riding to church with this young man, and the Lord said, so you believe that, you, that you're going to marry Philip Seale? And she said, yes, I do. He said, well, it, then what business does a married woman have riding with a single man? And so James and Dauphine Allen began to come pick her up. James was a a deacon in the Baptist church. He came to our Pentecostal church on on Sunday afternoon because he liked the moving of the Holy Spirit. But he had been part of Old Hickory Baptist Church for 25, 30 years. Amen. When when the Lord really began to open up my ministry again as a a younger man, uh, James Allen uh, asked his Baptist pastor to let me be one of their speakers at their camp meeting. And uh, I went over and preached to the Baptists, and we shouted all over the place. Amen. But there, there was a man that he was, he was out witnessing to this man. That trying, it was a brother that was angry, and he was trying to help him be reconciled. And that man looked at James Allen and spit in his face. And didn't just spit. Now, now I'm not trying to be gross or common, but we call it hawked and spit. Right in his face. You say, what did James do? He reached in, the, in his back pocket, pulled out his handkerchief, wiped off his face, and he said, brother, we need to pray. And he took him in the church, and the man repented, and he reconciled him, restored him to, to fellowship. Amen. Do you understand? Do I agree with that? No. But he, he learned the secret. See, it's, it's easy to pray for the people that we think are doing right. Amen. I've asked people, say, which side are you on? The right side? I'm not talking about the right side like the right side of the Congress. I'm not talking right as in Republican or conservative. I'm on the side of right. Hmm. Are you following me? This is important. I said this is important. 
People get angry if a Democrat gets elected. They get angry if a Republican gets elected. They, they get angry if the wrong person gets in the seat that they wanted somebody else to be in. I, I've got news for you. I've read the Bible. I know, I know I've read the Bible through 25 times. I know I've read the Bible from cover to cover, from Job to Malachi. I've read it. Amen. And I've never found where God's a Democrat or a Republican. You know what else I've found? I've not found that God's an American. I've not found that God's black or God's white or God's Hispanic. Are you following me? God is love, not hate. There are things God hates, but that's why he sent Jesus to fix it. God is love. This is important because you, you, right? Well, God loves America. God loves every nation. God loves every nation. You know, it's projected by the middle of 2023, about the time that we're entering into, that there will be 2.6 billion Christians in the earth. But to hear a lot of people in the church talk about it, that the church and Christianity is some kind of anemic religion that's on oxygen and we're just about to have the plug pulled on us. By 2050, it's projected that there will be almost 4 billion Christians in the earth. There are over a million Christians in Iran. Hallelujah. They have been trying to stamp out Christianity in that nation since 1970. And it just keeps growing. Amen. Are you following me? We have the upper hand. And if we'll do it the way God says, we'll keep the upper hand. You don't take a city by being angry at the city. You don't take a city by protesting and marching. You take a city by loving the city. You take a city by praying for the city. Oh, glory. Amen. Am I helping anybody? Anger blinds you to the good that one might be doing. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. You know, we recently had elections in Arkansas. We had gubernatorial elections. We had uh, city elections. Amen. And I'm sure there are people elected that you didn't vote for. And I'm sure there are people elected that I didn't vote for. Amen. But it does no good to get angry. You get angry, you can't see the good. I'll tell you what, if we had a different governor. No, no, it'd just be you'd find something to be angry about. Amen. You know, when Bill, Bill Clinton was governor of Arkansas, there are people who just loved it. There are people that hated it. There are people that got angry about it. Well, you know, he did some good things. Oh, now, Pastor, well, you can lie about it if you want. 
But it's the truth. Hallelujah. When Mike Huckabee was governor of Arkansas, he did some good things. Well, I didn't like him. That's irrelevant. He did some good things. If you get angry, you miss the good. I, I was watching right over here in the neighborhood, right over here. Uh, uh, what's Walnut Hill? Is that what it is? Walnut, Walnut Valley. And uh, I, I saw the press conference a, a few days after the tornado, and the governor was there, and, uh, and uh, Mayor Scott was there, and, and different ones. Amen. Hallelujah. And, and, you know, the governor and the mayor were praying over our city. Amen. The mayor was praying in Jesus' name over our city. Yeah, but I heard him say this. Okay, I, I understand, but what do we need to be thankful for? That he's praying because there's an open door. God can move in his life. Oh, glory to God. Well, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing to be uh, happy about. Listen, I find things to be happy about. Our, our, our uh, president signed a proclamation the other day, and, and when he signed the proclamation, he said, in the year of our Lord, 2023, and I thought, there it is. That's something I can grab on and pray. He said, in the year of our Lord. Oh, pastor, that's slim. I know. Am I helping you? You got to be careful with that. Amen. Amen. Don't call names. Don't, don't, don't make ugly comments. Hmm. Tell you what, that's not my president. No, it's not the one you voted for, but he is your president. Well, let me move right ahead. You see, that's what we, oh, I'll tell you what, it's not my president. Well, it is too. That's like your wife makes you mad and you go, tell you what, that's not my wife. <laughs> you is a fool. <laughs> she will remind you. Wang. <laughs> Talk to me. And if she hits you just right, it'll be, speak to me, old toothless one. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Let me hurry. I got to hurry. I told you it wasn't going to take long. Why does the Father want us to pray for them? Because that's good and pleasing in his sight. That's good and pleasing in his sight. You want to take a city? You got to love your city. You got to love your city. You got to love your city. You know, Brother Dave was talking about the Lord sending us to Little Rock. I love Little Rock. Love it. It's the garden spot of Arkansas to me. Amen. I love this city. I love this, this, this state. Hallelujah. It's, it's amazing how I can come here and just immediately just feel I'm, I'm supposed to be here. You got to love your city. You got to love your nation. It's, it's not politics. It's what does the Bible say? And your peace gets robbed when you sit around and focus and meditate on what a politician did that you think is wrong. 
What's more powerful, the agenda of a certain group or the word? Amen. Yeah, but these people are crazy. I know sin will make you that way. Sin's crazy. Makes no sense. I mean, I'm not going to call no names or look at nobody. But you remember when you were in sin, you did some crazy things. I mean, like they used to say when I was growing up, hey, you were cray cray. Right? You know. I mean, you don't know. I mean, because, well, maybe you do know. I don't know. I plead the fifth. Because sin will make you crazy. We pray that they would be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. Too many believers are falling into that mindset of anger. And folks, listen to me. It sounds like hatred. It sounds hateful. And we can't fall into that mindset. We resist any mindset, any ideology that's not biblical, but we don't have to be angry and venomous about it. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? This is important. Because when, when you start being angry and venomous, you know, I've, I've known preachers in my past that, you know, they would be talking about certain things and they would just use slang terms and, and mean terms and ugly terms from, from the pulpit and then wonder why their ministry wouldn't be successful and wonder why people didn't want to come around. Listen, right is right and wrong is wrong, but you're never going to change wrong to right with hate or anger. Amen. You say what's right. What are your standards? Amen. And you stay with the standard of the Word of God. This is what I'm going to do. Hallelujah. You know, when, when a, a, a certain movie came out not too long ago, and, of course, Liliana saw it advertised, she wanted to go see it. Well, he found out there was some inappropriate stuff in it. You say, what would you do? We just sat her down. And said, we're not going to that movie. And first she said, well, why not? I really want to go. You say, what would you do? Took her to the Word. This is what the Bible says. This is what they do in that movie. And I know there are people who say, well, it's just one scene. Mm-hmm. Let's say I made you some brownies. You know where I'm going. You want some? For those of you that haven't heard my brownie story, let's say I made you some brownies, and I came to you, and I said, these brownies have chocolate in them, and, and milk, and eggs, and sugar, and, and uh, you know, I baked them just right, and they're fluffy, and they are moist, and I'm, and I'm, I'm handing you the knife, and you're cutting a, a brownie, and I go, oh, but wait a minute, there's just a pinch of cow manure. I mean, I don't even know where it is. I put it in the batter. It, I mean, you probably won't even taste it. How many want my brownies? Nobody. Thank you. 
Do you, do you understand? <laughs> Set your standards and don't back off your standard, but don't be angry and venomous and hateful. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. I, I had a friend of mine that their, I believe it was their son was, was, was getting married. And, uh, well, it would have been their son because they only have sons. And uh, the, uh, the, uh, <laughs> glory. But in any event, the, 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 the bride's side, now the bride was saved, but the bride's side knew they were going to have some family coming and they wanted a wine bar. And so they were talking to my friend and her husband about this. And they said, what do you think? They said, we're not coming. They said, you mean you wouldn't come to our wedding if there's drinking? Nope. I won't come. Because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not placing my approval on that. And there are people that will say, well, that's extreme. Well, you can think it's extreme. You have a right. But here, here's the point. You, it's a standard. Not going to be mad at you. Not going to be angry at you. Not going to hate you. But this is the standard. Oh, hallelujah. I have no problem with that. I have no problem looking at my family members and saying, no, I'm not coming. Love you. <laughs> Amen. I'll be here on Christmas with gifts. But I'm not coming to that. Why? Because this is my standard. Well, how do they feel? Doesn't matter. You can't help how people feel. But you can help how you respond. Isn't that right? Glory to God. Pe people will send things to our child. And, and, and if it's something that we feel is inappropriate, we just throw it away. Yeah, but they spent good money on it. That's my standard. And it, what, what, they, what if they ask? I tell them. I didn't give it to her. Because that's inappropriate. Mm. And you can do it without, without being hateful. I'm, I'm helping you. So we resist any mindset, any ideology that's not biblical, but we don't have to be angry and venomous about it. I mean, I love my nation. I'm a patriot, but I'm a believer first. I'm a believer first. And, and, and I hear a lot of people talking today, well, the founding fathers this and the founding. The founding fathers are not Bible. The Constitution is a document that should be revered, but it's not Bible. This is the constitution of the kingdom. We're kingdom people. You don't preach the founding fathers. You preach the scripture. I got one for you. I heard, I heard a minister the other day talk about how Jesus was a revolutionary. Jesus was not a revolutionary. Jesus didn't get involved in political things. They brought him a penny one day, trying to catch him in, a, in, a, in an issue. And they said, uh, is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar? He said, show me that penny. They showed him the penny. He said, whose picture's on this? 
They said, Caesar, he said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. Amen. Tell you what we're going to do. We're going to organize a protest anti-Caesar. And Jesus wouldn't do it. They came to him and said, tell my brother to share the inheritance with me. He said, who made me a judge over you? That's not what I'm here for. I'm not here to get involved in these squabbles. Amen. Peter pulled a sword trying to save Jesus' life and chopped the man's ear off. And Jesus said, my paraphrase, what are you doing? Put the sword away. It's not time for that. And then what did he do? Reached down, picked the man's ear up and healed him. Wait a minute. He healed somebody that was coming to arrest him. He healed somebody who was there to make sure that he died. Why didn't he just sit back and say, good enough for you? Because he's the one that authored, love your enemies. Do you hear me? Oh, glory. But you got to have a standard. Don't violate your standard. Don't let your standard down. Hold your standard high. Oh, hallelujah. You got time for one more here? Philippians 4. I'm almost done. This is shouting ground, really. Churches have to be taught this. Amen. Do, do, do you hear me? Because you got spirit-filled congregations that won't fellowship with Baptist congregations. Amen. And you got Baptist congregations that won't fellowship with spirit-filled congregations. Well, you know how those Baptists are. Yeah, and I know how them Pentecost are too. Amen. You can't do that. Philippians 4, verse 4. Notice this. Oh, hallelujah. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Oh, glory. Now, that word moderation, let your gentleness be known. What's he telling us? What should be known about Christians that we're gentle? We're not angry. Oh, hallelujah. You know, when, I, when, I, when we moved into the neighborhood we moved into, uh, one of our, our neighbors, I was out mowing my yard, and uh, I, uh, my, uh, my front, well, my whole yard, actually, front and back runs at a slope, and the front yard especially. And so I'd, I'd been mowing, and and I, I put the, my yard bag up on the top of the hill on, on uh, it, it was over a little bit over in his yard. There's a, 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 a sewer, uh, no, a man cover right there, manhole cover in concrete. And so I set the bag up there because when I, when I pushed the mower to the top of the hill, I could dump the bag in the yard bag, right? And I wouldn't have to walk up that hill twice. Well, I was just mowing, and, and he came out of the, of the house. And, of course, this was in the middle of the pandemic, and so he wasn't getting close to me. And, and I, I mean, I was fine with that. But, it, you know, hey, how you doing? Good to meet you, he said. And I said, yeah, it's good to meet you, too. And just out of the clear blue, he goes, I don't want your stuff on my property. 
okay. I'll get it. You know? And then he goes, I don't want to be that guy. But, well, you know, immediately I had to just, because I want to say, you don't want to be that guy, but you being that guy. Right? But I didn't. You'd have been happy with me. But, 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 but here, listen, here, here's, here's my point. Gentleness. You know the first thing that popped into my mind? I'm going to live here a long time. We got to be neighbors. I got to be gentle. I got to be gentle. Amen. Tell your neighbor, let's be gentle. Be careful for nothing. Anxious for nothing. In everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Notice, be anxious about nothing. Pray over everything. Is that right? And then he says, here, this will help you. Then think on these things. What things? Things that are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, good report. If there's virtue and praise, Think on those things. Is that right? And what will happen? The peace of God will guard your heart and mind. Isn't that wonderful? I always look, I always look for what can I think on that's good. Amen. And, and I'll close with this because I, I don't want to take too long tonight, but I'll close with this. Is... Uh, Anytime you're hearing people and all they're always saying is how bad things are, you can be assured things are not that bad. If it bleeds, it leads. You know, complaining about how bad things are, that causes radio listeners to tune in to your favorite personality too. You're not going to get much listenership or viewership if you go, hey, things are going pretty good. Right? Hallelujah. So you got one side talking ugly about the other side. This side talking ugly about that side. Yelling and screaming into the microphone. Angry. And Christians are listening going, yeah, that's right, yeah. Go to your window and just open your window and say, I'm mad as anything and I'm not going to take it anymore. Or go get in your prayer closet and pray for them. Amen. Amen. Don't, 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 listen, listen, don't use those derogatory terms that people use about political leaders. Amen. Your president. Don't do it. Hallelujah. Glory. Because I don't, I don't know where his soul is. I can, I can gather from what I know that it's not in a good spot. 
If that's the case, where's he going to go if he dies tomorrow? Well, I hope he lives because the alternative. Well, that's nice, isn't it? That's loving. And, and boy, I, I need to hush up. Don't justify the ugly things your candidate does because they're your candidate. you believe that guy cussing? Yeah, but your candidate cussed too. It's just that it was your candidate. You know what that's called? Hypocrisy. If, if, you're, gonna call a, if you're gonna call the game, call balls and strikes for both sides. Is that right? I say, is that right? Amen. I, I, I watched my pastor over the years. I watched him fellowship with all different churches. Amen. He, he told the story. He told the story about having to grow in wisdom. They invited him up here uh, to the Capitol to pray over the opening session one year. And he said, I was prepared. And I just went up there and skinned them. Skinned them. Y'all need to do something about abortion, and you need to do something about this, and, and, right? And he said, they didn't invite me back. No, didn't. Well, why not? Well, out of, his, out of his own words. He said, because I didn't use wisdom. He said, when they finally invited me back, I had more wisdom. And I went up there and prayed for them not preach to them. I hope you understand what I'm trying to say tonight. You will lead a quiet and peaceable life. And you know, if you got young children or grandchildren, they hear you. They hear the anger. I'm not raising Republicans or Democrats. I'm raising Christians. And I, I want them to vote according to the Word of God. Okay, uh, let me say that. L let me ask you a question. Are all Democrats bad? What? Are all Democrats sinners? Are all Democrats uh, wicked? Are all Republicans sinners? Are all Republicans bad? Are all Republicans wicked? Are all Democrats saved? Are all Democrats doing the right thing? Are all Republicans saved? Are all Republicans doing the right thing? What's the problem? Do you understand that? I can't get angry. There's too much of that. There's too much of that. I said there's too much of that. I'm praying over our city peace, tranquility. I, I don't want to see more riots in my city streets. That hurts my heart. I don't care who's doing it. I don't care if it's black folk doing it, white folk doing it. Hispanic folk doing it, blended folk doing it, skinny folk, fat folk, I don't care. It hurts my heart because those people are acting out the only way they know to act out. They're angry. And anger is causing them to destroy the city they live in. 
out of anger. Do you understand? The answer is in the Word of God. And if we're going to take a city, we're going to take a city by love, not by anger. We love our city. We care about our city. We care about our nation. We care about the world that we live in. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? So let's, let's, let's pray tonight. Just put one hand on your heart. Just say this out loud. Say, Father, if there's been a time that I've been angry, that I've spoken critical of leadership, Lord, I ask you to forgive me. I won't do that anymore. Lord, if they're right, they're right. If they're wrong, they're wrong. I won't hesitate to say that. But I won't criticize. I won't be hateful. I won't be angry. Forgive me for doing that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. And now you just keep, you, you keep that in your mind. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And it might mean you get in your car and you don't turn that radio station on. Or you don't watch that news. Whatever it is. If you can't watch it without it making you angry, turn it off. Turn it off. Amen. That's why you should never watch a Razorback game, because you'll just get mad. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> or the Packers. But anyway, glory, <laughs> glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Or the Lakers. Uh, glory to God. I got to pick on my brethren over here a, a little bit. You say, what if they pick on you? I don't have a dog in the fight. It don't matter. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Let's stand up tonight, shall we? Amen. I hope you received something from the Word tonight. Oh, glory to God. Isn't the Lord good?